Mindfulness Mode 108. That's really how I learned to relax and how to meditate. The ocean was my teacher. Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness on Mindfulness Mode with me, your host, Bruce Langford. On Mindfulness Mode, we talk about how people from all walks of life have discovered mindfulness and how it's impacted their lives to help them become more calm, focused, and happy. Thanks so much for joining us here in Mindfulness Mode. To thank you for listening, I'll send you a free copy of my book. I teamed up with author Brian Tracy, along with some other entrepreneurs, to create the best-selling book called Cracking the Success Code. You'll learn more about my story and how I became an anti-bullying advocate, which later led to mindfulness and my mindfulness coaching. Get the book free at mindfulnessmode.com slash cracking. Enter your name and email and you'll have your book downloaded in no time. Enjoy the book, Mindful Tribe. You're listening to Mindfulness Weekends with Bruce. And I have a guest here today. I'm so excited. I've got Pompey Strader Vidal here. And Pompey is an expert on relaxing and breathing. And I say that because she is hosting the Relax and Breathe Summit. So we're going to be talking today about how to relax and how to use breath to help us relax. And it is really important to know how to relax so that we can live a, an enjoyable life. And so what's your tip on relaxing? What's the best way to relax, Pompey? Hi, Bruce. Hi. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> yes, I'm happy to have you on the line today. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I think that uh, the simplest way that I find to help people relax is to tap into your your breath and sense your body. So I like to help tell people to sense their feet on the floor. And if your feet aren't on the floor, to place your feet on the floor and just sense the bottom of your feet and wiggle your toes because the feet are the farthest away from your head. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And when we're not relaxed, what happens is we, all of our um, energy comes up in our body. Our body tightens up. We hold our breath without even realizing it, and we tense our diaphragm, and our breath gets really shallow. So when we sense our feet, our breath can drop down, and it allows our diaphragm to open up, and it allows the breath to sink. Usually what happens is we're not allowing ourselves enough of an exhale. And deepening your exhale, no matter what kind of medical condition you have, as long as you're not holding your breath with the exhale in a met with a medical condition is always something that you can do to help you relax quickly. Well, so is that kind of a fallacy that people think they aren't breathing deeply enough and then they start breathing deeper and what you're saying is we don't exhale enough. So that's really interesting. It's it's better to concentrate on the exhale then, right? Yeah, usually most um You know, most people who are training you in yoga or in meditation techniques that involve the breath will tell you to lengthen your exhale, Um, you know, because you don't want to, especially if you're not sitting right next to the person and you're giving them instructions like we are today, you don't want anyone to hyperventilate, which can happen if you increase your inhale without increasing your exhale. Your exhale is what allows your body to let go. 
So the safest thing to do is always really to lengthen your exhale. And so in order to lengthen your exhale, you just literally let less air out at a time. Is that basically it? Well, what you can do, if people wanted to practice a technique, Mm -hmm. what you could do right now if you're sitting is you can sit with your feet flat on the floor. Okay. And then you can place your hands, just let your hands fall so that your hands are resting on the top of your thighs. Yes. Okay. And hopefully you're sitting up as straight as you can. And then you just close your eyes and take a couple deep breaths to just check in with your body. Whatever a deep breath means to you, it doesn't have to be, you know, anything particular. But just follow your breath for a few rounds and check in with your body and sense your body from the inside. See what your weight feels like. Do you feel the weight of your body in your chair? Do you feel the weight of your body in your pelvis? Do you feel the weight of your body in your feet? Do you feel the weight of your body in your hands? The more relaxed you are, the more you will feel the weight of your body. So that's something that you can use as a technique to kind of check out your body and and do a body scan. And then once you have kind of an awareness of where you're at, then you can just breathe in And breathe out and make your exhale twice as long as your inhale. So if you breathe in, one, two, three, four. Exhale out, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Okay, I want to do that again. That feels good. It does. That's good. <laughs> yes, it does. You breathe in. One, two, three, four. Breathe out. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Well, that does really feel good. Now, some people have said to me, if you do too much deep breathing, you will take in too much carbon dioxide. Have you heard that? Well, you know, it just depends on... Um, the person. So if you're forcing your breath and you're doing like a really, you know, um, like controlled practice where you're forcing your breath, it's better to really do that under the guidance of like an expert in breathing, like a yoga practitioner or someone that understands the breath. To do it on your own, you can get into trouble because whenever you uh, really push the breath, you're playing around with that balance of oxygen and carbon dioxide and you can, you know, hyperventilate or have different, you know, get vertigo. So I always tell people, if you're doing something like this on your own and you're listening to me now, just make everything be gentle. Everything you try should be gentle. Don't push yourself. Don't force yourself. Just allow it to be gentle. That's a good good way to think about it, yeah. And then you'll become more relaxed as you do it, I'm sure. Yeah, the idea really is that you develop a, you know, you develop kind of a meter for yourself. So you develop, if you pay attention to your body and you practice body awareness, you know, you learn to recognize when like, oh, I'm tense. I need to, you know, I need to sit back in my chair 
move away from my computer, you know, um, get out of my car, <laughs> mm-hmm. and just sit there for a few minutes, check in, and just take a few deep breaths and let go. And, you know, um, a lot of it has to do with body awareness. A lot of times I find with people are uh, tense, they know that they're tense, but they don't have like a, um, you know, they don't have anything to compare that to. Yes. So I teach people to develop and fine tune their awareness. And I think that the first place that you start is with your body awareness, you know, um, throughout the day so that you're, you have more of a choice. And relaxation to me is, people think of relaxation as sometimes as being, you know, passed out in the hot tub or <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like completely, you know, like mm-hmm. asleep in their chair. <laughs> right. I think of relaxation as something that's natural and that is integrated through your day so that as you move through your day, you have periods where you're really active and you're, um, you know, you've got a lot going on and you're energized and your sympathetic nervous system is moving you through your day. And then you want to balance that with times when you let go, when you relax, when your parasympathetic nervous system can kick in and the rest and response part of your nervous system can uh, rest and digest is what a lot of people call it. That part of your nervous system can function. So was there ever a time when you were stressed? I mean, you seem so relaxed. (laughs) Tell us about that because I'm intrigued. Well, you know, it's interesting that you asked that question because I've been thinking about that, how to kind of corral my personal story so that I can share it with people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I grew up, you know, I was born in Maine near you. Right. And uh, my father was 33 years older than my mother. He was a lost generation artist born in 1896. Mm -hmm. My mother was his third wife. She was a waitress from Queens. So right there you get a sense of the drama in the household, right? (laughs) Right. Yeah, you do. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there were, my father had two other families. So I had, my mother had, um, you know, some of my siblings were older than my mother. Okay. So there was a lot of drama in my family. My father was um, a drinking buddy in the 1920s with Ernest Hemingway. Really? So that can give you a little more sense of the level of drama. <laughs> yeah, that really does. Yes. <laughs> wow. Yeah, they boxed together in Paris. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Yeah, and so my dad, you know, my household was very exciting. There was always a lot going on. My father founded a, an art museum there the year I was born. And um, for me... Sometimes it was just too much. It was too intense. Mm -hmm. And so I learned to kind of, because I was uh, surrounded with the coast of Maine, I learned to kind of sit on the rocks when it got to be too much and just look at the seaweed and stare into the ocean. And that's really how I learned to relax and how to meditate. The ocean was my teacher. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of special for me. And then when I 
was young uh, when I was, let's see, 19. I lost a boyfriend in a motorcycle accident very suddenly. So that was, you know, that really catapulted me into a state of intense grief. And at the time, that was in the early 70s, so it was just the beginning of, like, the human potential movement. Yes. So I got involved in that, and I just kind of threw myself into whatever I could find. I was looking for, um, I was having a lot of anxiety. Um, I was really having small panic attacks that were undiagnosed and that um, I didn't even really know what to call them. But... So I threw myself into kind of, you know, the, um, all the stuff that was going on then. And I got involved in a community where I learned about spiritual practices in combination with psychological work. Okay. And mm-hmm. that was kind of the jumping off point for me. And I learned body awareness. That was kind of the first thing I learned, what we're talking about today, mm-hmm. how to... How to um, Bring yourself into your body with your breath so that when you're experiencing something like panic, which is an extreme form of anxiety, um, that you can still bring yourself back, that you can come back with your breath, that you can center yourself in your body. If you're having a panic attack, people will tell you to breathe into a paper bag. Well, it's doing the same thing that we're talking about with extending your breath, really. It's extending the exhale. Yes. in a, a much more mm, dramatic way. And so what I found was that the fact that I have a sensitive nervous system has never changed through my life. I, I still have a sensitive nervous system. But I know how to maintain it. And I know what I need to do to um, balance it. And so for me, meditation and mindfulness practice just became kind of the, um, the ground for my life. Does that make sense? It really does. Did I corral my story enough, Bruce? Well, no, it's it's a really fascinating story. And and it takes us right up to this point where you've decided to really share this with the world in a huge way through your Relax and Breathe Summit. I know you did one last year. Tell us why you decided to do that. Well, you know, my impetus for this is that I have two sons in their 20s. And I was teaching, uh, two years ago, I was teaching meditation at a local zendo, a little temple, very small, very sweet, very idyllic, Mm -hmm. little yurts in the middle of a little Japanese garden, very serene. But I wanted to reach more people. So I tried doing an open house because, you know, I'm old school. I'm from the day when you did an open house. Sure. And I did it with some young, dedicated students who are of mine who are in a graduate program in theology. And so (laughs) no one showed up. (laughs) And I was like, hmm. Then I did my first summit and 3,000 people showed up. So it showed me that, you know, the online world, it's where people are accessing their information. They really are. Yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah, so 3,000 people. And this year you're doing your second summit, so I'm sure yes. you'll have lots more than that. 
Yeah, I anticipate that. I invited some people back, like David G. Mm-hmm. Of um, you know, he's a med- famous meditation teacher, author of Destressifying. And then I have Richard Miller back. Everyone loves Richard Miller. He's the founder of iRest Yoga Nidra, which he told me he's renaming iRest Yoga Meditation. <laughs> oh, well, that's that's interesting. Yeah, he said not enough people understand what Nidra means. Okay. Well, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, and I wanted to add some parenting experts. So I have some mindful parenting people, and I have you. Yeah, that's exciting. Thank you for inviting <laughs> me, Pompey. That's great. <laughs> yeah, and I have some other experts. I have yoga people. I have... You know, I like to include people that also focus on a little bit on diet and how nutrition impacts stress. Mm-hmm. So I have my friend Christy. She's going to be talking about that. And then this time I even have someone who's going to be talking about meditating with crystals because that's really popular now, oh. at least in Boulder. <laughs> oh, well, I'm looking forward to hearing that one too. Yeah. So it's exciting. I, I enjoy reaching out to a lot of people. And um, it's just been quite an adventure for me because, you know, I was the person that when one of my sons was in fifth grade, his friend taught me to turn on a computer. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. And now you're doing this amazing online summit and uh, so many people would be just wowed at the technology that you just seem to have under control. Yes, and it's, as you know, it's kind of like riding a wild horse (laughs) (laughs) technology. Uh You hold the reins and you see where it heads and then you shift it. I do have a really great tech team, the same people that I used last year, and they're helping me with it. I couldn't do it without them. So, you know, it's... It's kind of cool, everything that's out there, and I've discovered that I my sons have new respect for their mothers, so that's fun, too. <laughs> <laughs> They're seeing a different side of you, Pompey. Yes. <laughs> so when does the summit take place? So the summit is airing in July. The promotional period when people can begin to sign up for the summit will begin in June. Technically, it begins June 21st, but usually some of my experts send out announcements a little bit earlier than that. So it'll start pretty soon, the uh, promotional period. And people will be getting material from you. Everyone has to register for the summit because it's all delivered through email. So access to all the interviews is delivered through your email box. I don't want to spam anyone, so Mm. you have to register. Sure, of course. Yeah, but it's exciting. What happens when you register is you get information about the summit, and then uh, when the summit airs in July, it actually will go over a period of 12 days. There'll be two interviews a day, and each interview will have a replay period of 72 hours. And it's free. I forgot to mention it's free. (laughs) And that's a really important thing because so many things are not free these days. So, wow, you can get all these interviews, all this knowledge, all this information about how to relax and use breathing to help you for free. Yeah. And for me, of course, that's important. I am a Zen monk. I do take that seriously. So I... 
I am practicing in the world. I'm a lay monk so that I, you know, I, I make a living as a life coach. However, I really, it's important to me to offer things that are educational to people for free about relaxation, mindfulness, and meditation. And to me, they all go together. I think that, you know, David G. and I had a great conversation. He said he wants to make meditation fun. He wants to make it's so that everyone is interested in trying it. If they start out by doing it lying down, who cares? They're starting out. <laughs> sure. And that's how I feel too. Yeah. I, I really love tapping into the mainstream world and helping them understand how these simple tools can really change your life. Yeah, it's true because there's a lot of suffering in the world and um, – because of the way we live and the sedentary lifestyle that we have, you know, it makes managing stress important. And now there's so much information available about it that people are getting messages even from their doctors. Well, you need to, like, go meditate. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. And it sounds so simple, and it basically is, but it's not simple to to really actually do it and make sure that you do it on a regular basis, or at least it can be simple, right? Well, yeah, and that's why traditionally when you learn meditation, you always have a, uh, a teacher to sure. keep you on track right. because uh, integrating it into your life when you're living in the world and you're distracted by all of the patterns and habits you have and all the responsibilities that you have is challenging, you know, one of the things I have created with Relax and Breathe is uh, an online community. So I have a Facebook group that will be active. You're part of it yes. <laughs> during the summit. And people can join that. And then they can ask people uh, questions, uh, speakers like you, uh, questions during the summit. Because I think that it's important to have some kind of community so that you can establish a new habit and make relaxation uh, part of your life. Yes, I agree for sure. Yeah. Communicating with others, it just makes so much difference than trying to just do it in isolation. Yeah. yeah and I think what's cool now is, I mean, I have speakers from around the world. So um, the community is really an international community. And I think that that's really cool. I think it's really exciting to be able to use technology to build a community like that and be a positive force in the world and a force for awareness, mindfulness, um, and relaxation. So how do we sign up, Pompey? <laughs> <laughs> You'll be able to go to uh, relaxandbreathesummit.com and sign up there. And you need to remember that it's relax, R-E-L-A-X, and breathe. And breathe has an E at the end. So it's B-R-E-A-T-H-E summit.com. So relaxandbreathesummit.com. And I'll put the link right here in the show notes as oh, well good. so that you can yeah, just click on it. Yeah, when they hear this, it should be active, right? Absolutely, yeah. So when you're hearing this now, it's active and you can sign up. Each of the speakers usually offers something free for the summit. So sometimes there are apps that they have that they usually charge for. Or, you know, the first couple chapters of a book. Uh, everyone offers something that you can download during the summit. Uh, and that's for free as well. Can't wait for the summit to happen. And just want to thank you again for joining us today, Pompey. 
Well, you're welcome, Bruce. Bye now. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For insightful blog articles and show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by clicking on the iTunes link on our website and leave a rating and review. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.